0: Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Derek Torminen. Derek's obsession and passion is drawing and hound dogs. Uh, he's really somewhat combined the both of those. He's got a company, Outer Agenda Design Company, where you can see a lot of the work that he's done. Uh, he does a lot of graphic design, logo work and stuff for people in the outdoor world. And he's certainly open to uh, other areas as well. But it's kind of neat to see his his passion of his growing hound dog experience as well as his drawing experience so this is one i really enjoyed i hope you do as well welcome to the obsessed podcast i'm your host logan herkus In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Hey there! thanks for coming in today.
1: Oh yeah, glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Here to talk about hound dogs, uh, also how you've turned your passion of drawing, tying it into hound dogs, not necessarily always hound dogs, but... Are those your two biggest passions and you've you've combined those or what would you say as far as your your biggest passions go
1: yeah i'd say i probably the two biggest i've been drawing for since i can remember like way back and then uh i've always liked dogs and then i kind of got into hound dogs i read read a book where the red fern grows and got me hooked when i was little and uh only took me like 20 years to finally get one yeah but no, I got them, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm hooked on it. I'm all in.
0: Is that what did it for you? The book, the, where the red fern grows?
1: Yeah, the book for sure. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, it's funny when I was a kid, I thought everybody read that book, and I'd like bring it up in school, and they'd be like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, I've never read this book." <laughs> but uh, no, that's what did it. That's that's what that's what spurred the whole thing for me.
0: Yeah, that's a. Uh, I I really enjoyed that book growing up. The, I was gonna ask you I, I had assumed you had read it but I didn't realize that would be the inspiration I would have figured like uh you know a relative a, a family member or something like that was into it and and got you into it but the initial inspiration came from from that
2: book eh?
1: yeah so I was the first one in the whole you know in my family that had hound dogs like we've always had dogs but nobody ever had hound dogs or coon dogs per se but um I don't know something about it that book is what triggered it for me yeah. and I grew up and I, research it and I just kind of fell in love with, with coonhounds in general, yeah. and uh, now I have uh, an English coonhound myself.
0: Mm-hmm. The the book itself, do you think it's the like it's a it's a it's a superbly written book? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm curious of is uh, is it the the power of that author that did it for you, or do you think you would just the act of coon hunting itself? You know what I mean? Like, it feels like that book is written so well and it moves you as you read it, whatever else that it, it, part of that could be what made you get into it versus just a factual book about coon hunting.
1: No, it it was definitely the author. Um, the way he read it and like the way he, the way he, uh, portrayed the, the bond between the, you know, Billy and his dogs and, uh, you know, the way he showed the heart of a hound and, and, and their their loyalty and you know their their personality and traits like that's what i think that's what really drove it deep for me mm-hmm. um definitely definitely the way he wrote it for sure
2: yeah
0: no he's a he's a powerful writer like that moment when the 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 young boy has that pop in town like the sheriff bought him that pop you, you could taste that mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah, that for first sure. pop that he had and then the, the powerful moments that that I had with that dog through those years and the 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 huge act to even get the dog and then some of the trials he we went through later it's a awesome book yeah. mm-hmm. um so the book inspired it you said it was many many years later after that that you finally did get yourself a home dog
1: yeah so i I read the book I mean I was I was single digit age probably yeah close to 10 11 maybe or whatever but my mom and dad wouldn't let me get a hound dog because they figured it would just bark all day in the yard. So we ended up getting, we had a yellow lab and then we got a black lab. And then I got married and I was like, well, I can get a hound dog now <laughs> as long as the wife don't care. So we got, we got our first one. It was a walker coon hound. Um, didn't really work out. We had a super young baby at the time and we got rid of it. And then um, waited a couple of years and we got a, a, english walker mix and then uh we we actually just got rid of her a couple months ago to my brother-in-law but while we had her we also got uh the dog that i still have now an english coonhound named outlaw okay and they actually uh they had puppies was that last year and uh it's funny because i've always wanted puppies my whole life but now i'm like i'm good Hmm. I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, and uh, so we got rid of them, and we ended up getting rid of that English Walker mix, and now we just got Outlaw. But, but uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I want to dive into eventually the drawing portion of it, but I'm I'm curious about those first experiences with a hound dog. What were those like? You finally got one. You, you were married. You got the dog. Was it a, a a big learning curve to even get into it, or I guess what were those first experiences like?
1: Oh yeah, so <laughs> so I knew I knew that you can't just take a coon dog out into the woods and expect it to do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But I never expected it to be as hard as it was to to train it. And maybe I was going about it all wrong. I guess. Um, but trying to get Remy, which was the the, the mix that we got, she uh she had the drive. And whatever but she's just too doggone stubborn and intelligent and she kind of just did whatever she wanted to do okay and then we got outlaw and he is he's kind of got rocks for brains but he's super loyal and he's got drive and uh he lives for hunting like sometimes he'll escape like we have an invisible fence at home and sometimes for whatever reason the collar or, or the fence itself will go down and He'll disappear for two, three days on end and then come back and hmm. sleep for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Just out running the woods.
2: Right.
0: <clears throat> Those first few times that happened, was that scary? Were you nervous where he was at? And now you've learned that, oh, he'll come back.
1: Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's, it's still kind of like, ah, oh, crap, you know, yeah. is he going to come back? But definitely like first time it happened, I'm like, well, he's gone. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to see that dog again, but right. he ended up showing up. He's come back every single time, so
0: i guess what i'm curious about again is trying to think of that of course some frustration like you said there was a lot of learning curves the at what point did it click of course you're always learning and there's a huge learning curve there but at what point where is it's like holy crap i'm coon hunting
1: probably probably the first time one of the first times we brought outlaw out okay and we're we're still definitely putting it together yeah you know um He's far from being what you call a finished coon dog like he we're we're still putting the pieces together with him but when we brought him out that's when it was like okay he's he knows everything you know it it definitely feels like we're coon hunting whether he finds one or not he's looking for one right and he's letting you know that he's found one and whether he can actually put it in a tree or find out where it's at you know that's up to him but at the same point it's like that's that's kind of when I was like, okay, this is legit now. Like, we're doing this. Right, right. Have you gone out with, uh, like,
0: Troy Solomon or, or Chris or Noah Hendrickson out in Minnesota? No, I haven't. I've heard of those guys. I think I think they they run Bobcat, right? Like they yeah, run Bobcat. yeah, they'll go after Bobcat, Mountain Lion, maybe even two. But for sure, I think their bread and butter initially, at least, was into coon hunting.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen pictures and stuff, and but I've never actually ran with those guys.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that'd be neat. So your dog still got a lot, a lot of growing to do, or
1: yeah, he's, he's still got some, some time in the woods before he can, before we get to the point where we park the truck, drop him, and he puts a coon in the tree every time. Like that's right. the end goal, but we're we're still a decent way away from that, but we're working on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there benefit? Would there be a big benefit in him taking along with some other real experienced dogs?
1: Yeah yeah that would be we've so we've we've ran into guys out where i i live downstate and um just because in that area there's a lot of coon hunters where we go and we'll run into guys and we'll tag along with them and um you can tell when he's with an experienced dog like he he uh you can kind of tell that he's picking up on what they're doing and um, uh, but the problem is like, can't always do that. So most of the time it's just me and him or my brother mm-hmm. has a, a coonhound as well that we always run together. Right. And, but that one, we're still trying to put it together with him too. Like he's not a finished dog. Yeah. So we'll go out together, you know, me and my brother and run them. And sometimes we'll find one, sometimes we won't. But whenever we go with these experienced dogs, then it's like, it's a whole different ball game yeah right
0: the we should set the stage what does a typical coon hunt look like you're driving around looking for scent you're walking around looking for scent once you've got that there's different i've done it like once or twice very very limited knowledge um there's different barks there's different tones you follow them you wait till the tree I, i guess you go through the progression if you don't mind what is a what is a typical at least an ideal typical hunt
1: go like so we usually wait um well, I guess depending on what time of year it is, but we'll wait maybe an hour after dark. Okay. Um. Bring the dogs out. We got certain areas that we go that, um, we kind of know where the coons are at in those areas just from running it so much. Mm-hmm. So depending if we wanna, if we want a kind of an easier night, or if we're like, well, you know, let's we're gonna be in it for the long haul. And we'll go to this spot. Yeah. So we'll bring them out. And, uh, we have tracking collars on them that kind of like a GPS collar that you can see where the dogs are going. It sends a signal to your phone. Right. And so we'll watch them on the GPS. Um, but we'll let the dogs out and they'll, they'll cast out kind of just doing whatever. And if they find a track, um, you can kind of tell like if it's a hot track or a cold track, like by the way that they're, they're barking Mm -hmm. and, uh. And then if they actually get on a tree, then it's just like, it's just a hammer bark, mm-hmm. you know, just over and over and over. And uh, generally at that point, you, you kind of go into them. But for the most part, like when they're out working a track, we, we kind of just stay put. We don't really get in their way, okay. you know, muddy up the ground or whatever. Yeah. Let them work it out. And then, or a lot of times, like my dog... He's real good at tracking them, but he's not confident enough to tell you that okay, it's in this tree or it's, you know, over here or whatever. Like he'll he'll work an area, mm-hmm. just circle an area and just figure it work it over and over and over and at that point it's like, okay, well there's probably something over there. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll walk in at that point or if they tree then we'll go in. Right. Right. Yeah, so those and I must still hold true today, but those early
0: days when you were with Outlaw and you're like, oh, we are coon hunting, like this is unbelievable. Is it more the connection with the dog and seeing your dog go through the growth and being able to do it? Or is it the excitement of the chase or what is it that, that grips you and
1: says, this is, this is unbelievable. It's the dog working hundred okay. percent, the dog working. Like I, I could care less if he put up a, a possum in a tree or if he put up a, I don't know, anything in a tree really right it's the fact that he's doing what he's you know what for hundreds of years that you know them them dogs have been bred to do and what we've worked on and he's actually doing it like that's what gets me it's it's the dog work okay watching him get excited about it and you know get fired up on a tree and slobber mouth barking like mm-hmm. his eyes are bloodshot like he is 100 percent in like Right. This is this is what I was made to do. You know, going through his veins. Yeah. That's what does it for me. Like, I some guys they get mad. Like, oh my dog treated a possum. It's like I don't care. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That don't bother me. Whatever. Like, as long as he ain't running deer. Like, which he doesn't. You know, gladly. But like, he puts something in a tree. I could care less what it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: The it's neat. I don't. Growing up, we had a pet family dog. Uh, I take them out bird hunting and we take them out bird hunting, but not a lot of training. So pretty limited on my, you know, quality dog experience. But I talked to a, 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 sled dogger. Uh, you talk to guys like you that are into hound dog with, with hound dogs, everything they say is like, you, these dogs are born to do this. It's like ripping through their veins. You couldn't hold them back or stop them from doing what they're, they're meant to do. And that's what the same thing with the, the coon hound, uh, they're just ripping ready to go
2: Hey. Eh?
1: Yeah, so <laughs> Outlaw, when you pull out, I got a, a, a coon hunting light um, attached to a, a hat like that. We bring coon hunting, and he sees me put that on my head, or he, I pull out the collar, the tracking collar. Yeah. And it's like his whole body is shaking his yeah. tail's wagging so hard. He's like <laughs> bouncing up and <laughs> i like, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, can't get in the truck fast enough. Right. Like, you can tell, like, he he is born for it and yeah. that's what he lives for is is running the woods following his nose around like that 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 is what he is made to do
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's got to be contagious hey that excitement like you got to
1: feed off of that oh yeah how it's fired up he is. yeah that's 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 the best like the dogs fired up you know my brother's dogs fired up yeah me that gets me and my brother fired up right yeah. throw the dogs in <laughs> crank the music you know it's it's just it, everybody's getting hyped up it's it's right. a great time yeah real
0: high energy huh? oh yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah i should uh or you should i should have you reach out like to those guys it'd be neat to see you make a trip out with oh absolutely. Troy and Chris and Noah and those guys and 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 do some
1: some some running that would be cool absolutely i got family in in Cocado area like that's like make it out there and then go meet up with those guys and right yeah that'd be a great time yeah so you're into we
0: i think we'll end up covering more of the 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 dog side of things so but you're into drawing as well right yeah have have you always been into drawing
1: yeah i've been drawing forever okay um it wasn't until recently that i got into the whole digital drawing Mm -hmm. side of it i've always just been you know, just standard drawing, pencil, paper, right, pen, whatever. But just recently we ended up a couple of years ago already, but we got an iPad and I bought a $10 program hmm. that lets you draw on the iPad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, wait a minute. You can kind of do everything on here. You can, you know, pencil, paint, chalk, everything, you name it. You hmm. can do it right on this program. And, uh, just the uh the ease of it or the you know how simple it is to Mm -hmm. to use it i kind of just stuck with it i guess and it's kind of there some people kind of look down on it yeah you know oh that's not that's cheating or whatever but right i don't think so you know no you you still kind of have to know what you're doing i guess
0: yeah i could tell you i would try that i would i would come up with nothing uh to (laughs) give me the best program in the world there's no way you know Um, where did, there must've been some talent involved in drawing earlier. What, what engaged you in drawing
1: for the, in the first place? I don't even know. Um, I just probably like any other kid, you draw something while in school or, you know, drawing something in church, you know, Mm -hmm. keep your, keep, you know, mom and dad say, you sit down and draw something so Mm -hmm. you're not getting wild or whatever. But I kind of just stuck with it yeah you know i found enjoyment in it like like now it's kind of a kind of a uh an escape i guess yeah stay up late put the headphones on just kind of disconnect from real life for a while and just draw right right no it's cool i mean again
0: i mentioned there must have been some talent early on but obviously you you've got excuse me you've got some natural artist tendencies for sure eh? hey Well, I, I, that's what people say. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be modest and, and not say it. But the, uh, so the, the, you really enjoyed drawing. You got into the, you got the program on your iPad. Was that just for
1: the fun of it? Or did you have somewhat of an intention of
0: saying, hey, maybe I'll turn this into something?
1: No, that was just all for the fun of it. Okay. I happened to, you know, I, I just learned about it and wanted to try it. That was all just for, for a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I was kind of had some drawings stacking up on there, and I was like, "Well, maybe I'll start an Instagram page and post my artwork on there, mm-hmm. and just like an easier way for like family and friends to see it." You know, right. like it wasn't yeah. necessarily for like the whole world, really. Yeah. was more like well, be an easier spot like for aunts and uncles to. To see it, you know, see my artwork or whatever, and then, uh, like, had people start to follow it, mm-hmm. you know, and and it just kind of slowly started to grow. Yeah. What were you doing for work at that time? Um, I was a corrections officer. Okay. For are the you State. Are you still? No, I I quit that uh, right before Thanksgiving. I did it for a little over six years. Okay. And, and are you doing uh, graphic design
0: right now? No, full-time? no, I,
1: no. So I'm I'm back in school. I should uh, be graduating in September of this year, and then I'm going to start looking for, uh, for a, a job in the design business. Huh. Um, and then hopefully someday on my own, I can turn my company into my full time thing. Right. But no, right now I'm just uh, working a delivery drive job, mm-hmm. just temporarily until I get school finished. Right. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Was it? Was it nerve-wracking going back to school at a later age? Uh not really because it's online. Okay. It's all online and like so um kind of just do it at night after the kids go to bed and okay. You know, it's just it's not too overwhelming at all. Like I can still work and do normal dad things. Right. And then just quickly knock out an assignment you know, every
0: week. Mm-hmm. The the corrections officer side of thing, obviously it's a really honorable job, but I feel like you talked to a lot of people. Did that change you when you were working there? The people yeah. People say that you start treating people differently. and
1: Yeah, that's why I left. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, you know, I was still proud that I did it, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I did it. And I feel like there's honor in a job like that, even though it doesn't really get recognized that much, that, you know, corrections officer position, but it was a, it, it was such a negative workplace that I was like, it's, it was affecting me negatively. I was taking the work home. Yeah. You know, it, I could see that it was, it was affecting me, um, outside of work. Like I, I would think about going to work while I was off work and it would just nag on me and wear me down. Like I literally felt like a weight on my shoulder. So I quit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't worth it to me, you know, and I got four kids and a wife. Like it was, it just wasn't worth it. So I, I got out of there and like the weight off my shoulders when I walked out that door is incredible.
0: Yeah. So it was instant. Hey, it wasn't like it took a while.
1: It was, I was like,
0: I don't have to come back, you know, like that was it. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, uh, again, I think there's honor in that job and that if, if it fits you and it works forever, great. But I've heard that from quite a few people that it's, you get to the point where it changes how you look at the world. You start uh, second guessing people that you know, it just, uh, that might be an extreme, but either way, it just changes how you, how you interact, how you look at the world and you, you become more negative. Um, maybe that's a too broad of a generalization, but that, that was true for you
2: though. Eh? Yeah. Like I,
1: I don't think it, it didn't make me look at people I know okay. any differently. It just, like, you, you kind of, you do look at the world in a different point of view. Like, I'll, like in public now, I like see people, I'm like, oh, well, you you, you kind of fit the bill right? for what I've seen on the inside, you know, which is probably not a good thing on my part. Like, you shouldn't look at people that way. Right. But it, I mostly just quit because of how it was affecting me and, and in return, how I was a, affecting others, mm-hmm. you know, and treating others. Like, as far as, like, just... It just kind of feels dead, dead mm-hmm. inside, you know, like, right, like as bad as it sounds, people would be having a, you know, they'd have their problems or whatever, they'd be talking about their problem. But in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, oh, right, yeah, <laughs> they didn't really, you know, like I've seen worse or whatever, but you know, and that, that's not right. So, I mean, no, right, I, I got out of there, yeah. <laughs> so, it sounds like a good choice. Um,
0: so that's neat to see. While you were a corrections officer you were doing that drawing, still currently you're doing drawings and, and I I see you do a lot of logos for different hunting companies or any type of company. How did those come to be? Did you have people start reaching out to you or how did that that yeah. play out? Yeah.
1: Um so I I drew a picture of two hounds in a mountain lion, like on a cliff. I believe that was the one I posted on Instagram and then Jeremy with official fur dog, like one of the bigger bigger hound dog pages on instagram reached out he's like hey i like what you're doing would you want to um do like a series of shirt designs for me Hmm. and i'm kind of like blown away at this point like i've got like probably 100 followers i'm like holy crap right well i ended up doing them he shared them and all of a sudden it's like my page started to grow and grow and grow and then um more people reached out you know hey can you do uh like, a kennel logo for me. Like, this, this is my name, like, such and such kennels. I want, like, a bear and, like, a hound dog or, like, a mountain lion and a hound dog or something or whatever. I'm like, yeah. And so I started doing that for people. And and then it kind of, like, branched off into, like, uh, different working dog, like, logos and stuff. Like, I've done, like, hog dogs, police dogs, bird dogs, hmm. like, duck dog like kind of spread you know branched out within the whole dog world of hunting okay yeah i've seen you do
0: i've seen you have done done quite a few of them eventually you mentioned going to school right now hopefully get a job in the design world and eventually maybe doing your own thing what would you be doing if you're doing your own thing would it be more of the same of that bigger picture stuff what would you, what would be your uh, end goal there
1: um the end goal would be kind of what i'm doing now but more like like I enjoyed the dog part and like doing all the dog logos and stuff but I think like if I was to do it for a job I'm gonna have to definitely escape into more more genres mm-hmm. if you will or niches sure besides the dog hunting, like I've got some stuff I'm kind of working on to you know get get my my work in front of the other crowds like some fish stuff mm-hmm. and uh, some deer stuff you know stuff just different different genres
0: yeah right it feels like there is a space for a lot of that like i I follow a lot of different hunting brands whatever else and then sometimes there's times i'm out there looking at their logos what they've got out there what you provide i feel like is pretty unique i feel like you could tap into a lot of those markets yeah i I hope so that
1: this i have (laughs) i tend to look at all like there's a lot of different logo designers and uh artists within the the hunting and fishing industry that I follow and mm-hmm. admire and kind of look up to, and but it, sometimes I look at them, I'm like, oh man, I'm how am I ever going to get to that point? You know, right? But it's like you just got to keep keep grinding. You know, everybody everybody has their own different style, and everybody kind of fits different people. So mm-hmm. it's it's not always going to be like one person, you know, running the whole show. It's going to be people wanting to pick from different artists and different designers depending on how they do their work
0: mm-hmm. and that's a good point that you a little bit alluded to is you almost have to lean in on who you are like don't try to be a, don't try to draw in a different style that's not you or don't try to be something that you aren't hey eh?
1: yeah that's yeah I, <clears throat> that's the thing like you, you kind of have to kind of have to find where where you want to be and where you want to fit in like keep keep doing your you know doing what you're doing don't don't copy anybody else you know it's just pick your own style and somebody will like it.
0: Right. Right. So once you are done with school, uh, again, you said you hope to work in the design world. Is that just to just expand your, your overall knowledge of that world? Or is that kind of a, a means to an end? Yeah. So
1: I'm hoping that it kind of lets me understand, you know, the field. And then like, if, if outer agenda doesn't work out, then I can fall back on something like, Hey, I got experience in, mm-hmm. in it or whatever. You know, if I have to uh, find a new, you know, a job or something later on, you know, down the road, like, right. They're like, well, okay, I've got experience in the field itself. Like I worked for this company I worked for that company. Right. So just something to fall back on and kind of get a grasp on the whole industry, how it all works, like the business side of it, mm-hmm. which I'm still trying to figure out myself, you know, the the drawing thing's fun and all, but there's still, uh, there's still strategy as far as like running a business and growing a business mm-hmm. that I still have to figure out.
2: Right. Do you
0: enjoy that side of things or is that something again, a, a necessary evil?
1: Yeah, it's a necessary evil. Like it's, I, my, my wife kind of gets mad at me cause it's like, I'd charge everybody 20 bucks if I could. Right. Like, but it's the, like the pricing thing for me, it's that's that's one of the hardest parts. Mm-hmm. Is like okay, well, I charge this much for that, you know, this much for this. It's like, oh well, no, like now I got to raise my prices, and and it's like, that's that whole awkwardness of it. Like that's I hate that. Like yeah, for me it'd be easier, to be like yeah, man, I'll just do it for twenty bucks. But right. obviously you can't you can't make a, a career doing that. So. No,
0: for sure. And I think as you, maybe not. I was gonna say as your confidence grows. And you realize how much value you do provide, that it's more than just the drawing that you would, that might come easier or maybe it won't. And you should have somebody that's taking care of some of that stuff for you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what my wife's real good about. Like, you need to charge this. Right. Or you need to charge that. Like, she'll kind of like kick me in the butt. Like, tell them this is what it costs. Right. Whatever. And it's like, all right.
0: For sure. No, it also adds a sense of like, you're a professional. And you're charging a professional price, which, which is understandable that your client looks at what you give them at a better light versus being a discount service. You know, yeah. even if you're giving them the same product, if you're charging them discount prices, they're going to look at you as a discount provider.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so the way I do it, like, I'll, so if I have a new customer, I'll charge them a set rate. And then if they return again, I'll give them, a, you know, a, a little discount but like, it's not for free. Right. Like, it's like, you know, just a small discount. Like, Hey, I appreciate you coming back. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like having people return to me, you know, it's it kind of like, it helps me in a way, you know, it boosts my confidence. Like, okay, I was good enough. Now they want another one. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, I've got a big
0: interest in the business side of things and that's something that I've always enjoyed, but I feel like it is a common theme in a lot of creatives or talented people, uh, not necessarily it has to be in the creative world, but even in the industrial world, whatever, where you're really good at what you do, but the business side of things, can be a struggle just because of that reason. Yeah. You, you struggle with uh, you knowing what to charge, how to charge, and, and you just want to help everybody out as much as you can. And yeah, it's just always a, uh, an ever growing process,
1: but mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. That's why if my, if, if outer agenda ever becomes a company, um, it'd be nice. Like, whether it's my wife or somebody else, like, you know, they, they handle that side of things. And then I just draw, make it look good.
0: Let you focus in on what you're, what you're good at and where the magic is. The, I'm curious, I think there is value in, in finishing the school, getting that job, getting some of that experience. But eventually once you, if you got to the point where our our outer agenda was going saying, Hey, we're going to give this a shot. I feel like it's neat to be like, I'm going all in there is no plan B, even though you, I mean, you've got the experience that so you could always revert back to it, but like in your head, there is no plan B like, this is it. We're going for it. And I feel like that's the difference in you or, or somebody in your position potentially, uh, you know, slowly growing versus going high and high, high and mighty with it.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> you, you kind of see these things on, on social media. It's like, you know, all these, these entrepreneurs that are killing it and they're like, well, we, you dove right in, you know, hadn't we, we had no other choice. It's like we started from nothing. Now we're at the top. And it's right. like, I'd love to do that. Right. But the thing is, a lot of those people were single when they did it. Like, I'm married with four kids. I can't really afford to take that that huge jump at the moment as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm kind of have to just take it slow for now and yeah. and uh, and see what happens.
0: For sure. No, and, all, and a lot of that is hype. You know, you can always make a cool story talking backwards. You know what I mean? I'm saying these other guys that, oh, are, yeah. that are saying, hey, we came up from nothing and we just dove right in whatever else. It's because it makes for a cool story. And I do think that is the truth, but I think it's neat. I, I see the path and, and maybe you think differently, but it is a slow and steady, but once you get to the point where outer agenda is like, I have to focus on this. Like the demand is there. Like I, 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 I'm it's taken away from my other work. I need to focus on this. At that point, once you make that final transition, like that's when you're all in and it's the same story. It just took you a year and a half longer to dive in versus two months in you know you know what i'm saying
1: oh yeah for sure i i look forward to that day like that that when it's like okay starting tomorrow when i wake up it's like it's on me right like i you know i i decide when i start and i'll decide when i end like it it all like if i don't work we don't get paid like Mm -hmm. i think about that all the time and it and it's exciting to think about right i look forward to it but it's like right now Where I like the, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, yeah, but it would be nice to have a whole day or eight, 10 hours set aside where it's like, I could just draw versus Mm -hmm. right now, maybe an hour, hour or two. Right. You know, when the kids go to bed.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, it's again, you've got kids, you've got family to support. You've got to make sure that you're, you're staying conservative there. But I do see a, a path where you've got no choice. You have to, you know, because of the demand that's there, you have to pursue it. And that'd be neat. And I think that's where your growth would be potentially linear. But then at that point you've got way more time to focus on it. You're way more energized. Also like, this is what's bringing food on the table. I really think you'd see a pretty drastic, drastic up curve from there just because of that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. That I, I think that would be kind of forces you into it. Like that you would definitely grow at that point. Like I, I look forward to that day for sure.
0: Yeah. It'll be fun to it, yeah, it'd be fun to see to just pursue that, but again, it's uh yeah, playing playing the safe route at, at first is is certainly the way to go for sure. And then at least, you know, prove the concept, which you've done quite a bit for sure. I mean, already there's been some demand, but what's your thoughts on the the other niches that you're hoping to get into you said some fishing stuff some hunting stuff like that any other areas that you'd like to get into there as far as other markets and other areas
1: pretty much anything outdoors related it doesn't even necessarily have to be hunting or fishing okay any i anything you know dealing with being outdoors type designs or whatever would be great like even like i'm gonna I have a design in my head that I want to do kind of for myself, like with uh, overlanding, mm-hmm. off-roading type stuff, like with jeeps. That I, I kind of have a design that I want to release, right? And then just you know, just to put put my work in front of that that market, you know. For sure, yeah,
0: yeah, that'd be neat too because you'd be you could see some exponential growth there. The outdoor market in the U.S. is huge. I forget what it is, but it's a it's a pretty big percentage of the of the uh, overall economy.
1: Oh yeah, it's massive, you know, because you got everything granted I probably wouldn't get into this crowd but like the you know the the rights activists like they're all about hiking and camping and Mm -hmm. whatever but like it's massive yeah
0: so yeah there's a lot of a lot of opportunity there do you draw outside of your professional work or do you find that that's pretty much the time that you've got to focus is more in the professional work or do you do just freelance totally un Or way in a different lane. Do you do anything else just for fun or for.
1: Um. Right now it's pretty much my whole time is taken up. Like with the professional side of it. Like the outer gen side of it. Okay. Um. I. Yeah. I really haven't. Dove in anything else besides that. Like. Um. Just. Last semester in school we. We did 3D modeling. And I would love to do that. Okay. Like just on the side of me this is really cool I'd love to kind of do this uh, you know it's all it's digital 3D modeling on the computer and mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool and but as of right now I just the other stuff is taking up all my time that I'm going to have to put it on the back burner you know and just do it down the road I guess
0: sure sure <clears throat> I want to dive back into the 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 Coon hunting and the hound dog side of things is that pretty much your primary focus as far as outdoor pursuits go, or do you get into uh, deer hunting, turkey hunting, fishing, stuff like that?
1: Um, yeah. Um, we go fishing all the time. Okay. When it gets warmer. Yeah. Me and my kids, we love bass fishing. My fair fishing is coming up here and doing rookie fishing. Okay. I, I really enjoy that. And I wouldn't call myself a deer hunter. I'm more of like a, come up North and go hunting for a week or whatever. Like I don't really hunt downstate at all. Right. It's more or less just like a boy's trip type thing. Yeah. Like shoot a deer. Great. If you don't, oh well. Right. Um, and then we, you know, you go four wheeling and jeeping and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, the, the hound dog hunting, the coon dog stuff like that's kind of really where my passion's at. Yeah.
0: And no, the reason I ask is as I've gotten older, I, at a younger age,
1: I would have been into a lot of things,
0: many different things spread out thin. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've become more and more focused and whittling down what my hobbies are and what I'm, what I'm into so I can focus more heavily on those things. Um, I'll still, uh, you know, do other activities on a passive level, but for sure I, I find I'm, I've got, you know, two to three things that rise above the rest that I put a lot of time and energy into compared to what I used to do. Do you find that's true for you too? Has the, the scale been tipping in one direction versus when you were younger
1: yeah oh for sure definitely um back in the day like high school time it was fishing like we fished all the time okay and uh you know we all had jeeps and we go off roading or you know we'd run around the woods whatever but not yeah i can definitely see now that as i get older it's like i don't know maybe it's a responsibility thing or a time constraint thing like sure. you don't really have time for all that like you kind of have to pick and And get into one or or whatever reason it is but yeah it's it's pretty much come down to the the dogs and you know fishing with the kids
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah no it probably that's
0: that's definitely got to be part of it is the the time thing i'm thinking about the hound dogs would you I guess two questions. Let me ask this first one first. Would you ever want to take them out west and do again run some bobcats or, or mountain lions or even coons out there?
1: Oh yeah, I I'd, I'd love that. I'd love to take them out there, but I would have to do it with with other dogs. Like okay, you know they it would have to be with some some other group of guys or some other dogs that have done it. Right. Otherwise, we'd we'd kind of be out there just twiddling our thumbs like, oh, okay, yeah, you know what's what do we do?
0: Right. Yeah. And I keep going back to these guys, but like Chris Hendrickson and them, they've, they've ran dogs quite a bit in the Badlands, North Dakota and stuff like that. I think that'd be a neat experience.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: And I'm sure they'd be in, uh, sure. Sure. They'd be into, uh, joining that with you. But part of what I'm curious about, again, I was asking about doing that out West, whatever else is with the drawing side of things. You want to focus on other markets, but hound dogs is your passion from a, from a, uh, your personal activity. Could you tie that into your business somehow? You know what I mean. Have like an arm of your business that is focused on hound dogs, like uh, showing your progression or whatever else. Could you could you tie that in and kind of have two arms of it? One is the the design, one is the drawing, and the other is the the hound dogs, which you pull
1: inspiration from one to to inspire the other. I have thought about that actually doing it that way. I, I, I I'm sure I could. Just had to figure out how to do it. Yeah, but I have thought about that for sure. Um, like I, I even thought about like making another Instagram page where it's, it's, you know, the hound, just no drawing on it, just the hound dogs, you mm-hmm. know, the hunting side of it. Right. And, uh, kind of, you know, link the two pages or whatever, yeah whatever you got to do.
0: Right. Do you enjoy photography? Have you, did, have you gotten to that at all?
1: Um, I, I kind of dabbled in it. You know, in my twenties, right. I was kind of taking pictures of uh, like my buddies had like cool trucks and cool cars and stuff, and I was mm-hmm. kind of dabbling in it or whatever. Okay. Um, my wife, my wife's into it. She's got a, a pretty good camera that we bought, hmm. um, but I haven't really had the time to mess with it again. Okay.
0: Um, I'm just wondering, could you link them all together? You know, the could you could you get into photography because you have a with the Hound Dogs? There's a never ending world of of pictures and stuff that you could get into there, and then yeah tying that into the the hound dog side of things your separate page that creates a lot of quality content there the drawing it's all one thing that works together towards one end goal and would let you i, I guess my concern is if you focused heavily on the drawing side and gotten all these other markets and got to the point where that's all you're doing is that you would lose and not have time for the the hound dog side of things because you're so busy with the artwork and that by creating the business around that, that that's a part of it, it keeps that in your life. Oh, I see
1: what you're saying. Yeah, that that's actually a real good way to think about it too. And you could even like do edits or whatever, like video it and right. you know do a cool edit of it. I guess. hmm For sure. And I feel like it'd be a way to grow the brand.
0: I mean, the the dog side of things is just a passion. You're not making any income off of that, maybe, but really just a way to. Show what you're into. Show what you're passionate about. But then that is ties into the outer agenda side of things, and that's all again, just all working together towards raising the awareness around your brand. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a real good idea, for sure. And I could see the when you got into drawing, you dove head first. I mean, you, it was something you enjoyed. I guess you've been doing it for a long, long time, but you dove into it head first, or at least you've been passionate about it. Do you think you could see the same thing happening with photography, especially if you were revolving it around the the, the dogs?
1: Most definitely. I I I remember when I was when I was doing the the pictures of the cars and everything. It, it was the same the same thing. Like, uh, put the pictures on the computer, throw the headphones on, crank right. the music, and just disconnect from the world and just edit like pictures. Like, it could definitely turn into that same thing. Like, if it was with the dogs, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
0: yeah I don't know it seems like you who knows you get these ideas and it feels powerful and, and you'd have to you'd have to pursue it and see what happened but it just feels like you could then have a lot to focus on between the photography between the videos between the actual act of doing the hound the hound hunting uh, the drawing again it's all building each other up both of them complement each other and it lets you lean in on and two sides let you lean in on your creative ability and that ability to yeah put the headphones on check out absolutely and create
1: yeah absolutely man i should just hire you to be my creative (laughs) guy
0: no i don't know it's cool the but the, the fear i have at some point is uh like i've i love hunting out west i've thought about becoming a hunting guide which wouldn't be super feasible for my family but is that would it taint the act of doing and make you make that a job at that point you just stop doing it right but I don't think it will I think if you if you're fired up enough on it I don't think you lose that you know you're just sharing with the world what you're passionate about
1: yeah that's it, it that you can kind of that can kind of fall in line with like the drawing thing like I've I've had a, somebody ask me before like if with all this drawing that you're doing for other people like are you are you losing interest in it? Like, is it killing the the passion, or you know, for the passion for the hobby? And I was like, no, it's actually, in my my sake, like, it, it's like, I do all this work for people, and but it's like, all of a sudden, I don't have time to draw for myself, so it makes me want to do it more. Right? Like, I just want to be able to sit down and like, and 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 get back to the roots of it all. Like, yeah, I, and truly enjoy drawing like just you don't have to worry about you know what other people want on it it's like you just draw it's like i I feel like it really makes me want to do it even more yeah and
0: thinking about the the time thing at one point you mentioned right now you get to draw for an hour after the kids to go to bed whereas if you're doing it full time you've got eight hours or nine hours or plenty of time to do it is there a lot of magic that happens in drawing once you've like I picture a t- amount of time it takes for you to like get in it and get in the zone. And like on hour five, you hit some magic moment. Is that, is that true? Or, or, you know you know what I'm trying to say? Like it can take you a while to get into it. And there's little blips of magic or little blips of, uh, inspiration that you hit that are, are potentially hard to hit.
1: in those little chunked off hour times. Yeah. Like it, it wouldn't be just eight hours of straight drawing. Like it's definitely, you gotta, you gotta warm up. Like, sure. You can't just like, just start cranking out. You definitely got to warm up. And then there's, there's uh, like, you, you have to use reference photos, like, because, I mean, maybe somebody can, but the average guy like me, we can't, in our mind, picture where, like, say you're, you're doing a, like, a pig and a, and a dog, like, and they're, and they're fighting or whatever, like, he's doing, catching the pig. In our mind, like, I, at least for me, I can't, know where the muscles are or mm-hmm. you know where the this is you know joint is on the leg or whatever like in, in this position so you have to find different reference photos that you can use to like okay this is i got to position this leg this way or position you know his neck this way like i can't visual it without looking at something like just know where where all the anatomy is mm-hmm. of an animal Right. So a lot of time is is spent looking for for pictures like that, or videos like that, and then you know, okay, now I now I can see and I can, you know, I can kind of try and go from that. Right,
0: right. No, the other neat part about it, I, I, I'm thinking of two things. First thing is. <clears throat> If you got into the photography that would give you a world of images that you could pull from to i mean if you want to get the certain shot you can try to get that out there and then now you've got that your photo that you can pull from and and so you have never-ending artwork there to pull from but thinking back to the the like would would drawing taint your passion or would starting to get into photography or videos around the hound dogs would that would that destroy your passion I might change this in 10 years from now, but right now talking to people that are passionate or fired up on things and, and making that into a potentially part of their career. I think if that makes you lose your passion, maybe that wasn't actually your passion. You know what I mean? Like if you actually are truly that passionate about it, it will stay and it will maintain. Of course, life can ebb and flow and in 10 years from now you could change, but I think you get a long life of inspiration that if you are that fired up on it, which clearly you are, I don't, I don't think you would taint it. I guess, what are your
1: thoughts on that? No, I, yeah, I agree. Like if I feel like if something is truly your passion, you know, you, you should have that passion till the day you die, Mm -hmm. no matter what life throws at you, like you, I feel like if it's truly meant to be your passion, then, then, uh, you should have it for your whole life, whether you put it aside, you know, like you said, life happens if you, whether you have to put it aside or for a few years but then come back to it like right that's kind of how it is with with drawing like i there was years where i didn't draw yeah just because of life but it's like it, it kind of always crept its way back in
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> i was talking recently with brita Hopala um she's a photographer up in this area okay um her dad what w- was a artist he taught art at the, the one of the local high schools he went to school for english and with a minor in art i believe so he's a drawer, a photographer, which I never knew Like it was kind of a neat, neat conversation to have that. And, and Brita said this thing that I never thought of before is that artists have a, and I am obviously putting you in the artist category, have a undeniable desire or draw or, or need to put out their, their work. It's nothing about them. It's not saying like, Hey, I'm Derek and I'm awesome. Look at me. It's like, you have this drive inside you, like the world needs to see this, or you need to get this out there. Is
1: that, do you feel that's true about you? yeah it's now i think about it it's like yeah I, I, maybe it maybe it stems from the fact that it's like we put we put this hours you know into this work and it's like maybe maybe we, that you know rather than just keep it in a sketchbook maybe it's like i kind of feel like that way it's like okay i feel proud about this right you know maybe i should let other people see it uh-huh. i guess in a way right not necessarily like you're saying like oh look at me this is you know whatever like right. i criticize everything i do all my work like mm-hmm. like all of it i look at it, I'm like okay that's that's not very good um but at the same point it's like well maybe i will you know you, you kind of feel like you do want other people to see it right and, and maybe appreciate it like maybe they can whether you think you know say like, oh, I don't think that's good. Maybe they'll, they can, maybe they're there to fill the void. Like, you don't think it's good, but they think it's good. So now that makes you feel good mm-hmm. type
0: thing. Sure. Yeah. And you're always going to be your worst critic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, the, the checking out your page of what you've done, it's super impressive. I'm sure you've got a lot of, a lot of good feedback. Uh, yeah. It's neat to get it out there. But also, is there an element of like, I, really appreciate when other people share like every bit of it's like sweet like show me more like that's so cool that you're pursuing that that you're passionate about it and also it's neat to look at does that inspire you to share as well like even if you're like there's an element of hey maybe i shouldn't put this out there that you appreciate when other people share what they're into does that help you be like hey maybe i should put what put out there what i'm what i've been doing oh
1: yeah definitely like i when for sure when people message me like man you know i love your work whatever like when they're reaching out like maybe they want something done or yeah. or whatever they're like man i love your work like uh you know i, I this and that you know this one you did or whatever like that's amazing mm-hmm. it's like it, it does you know it makes you feel good yeah
0: yeah it feels like again i'm thinking about you sharing the the hound dog side of things as well as having that be a double-sided sword uh it's just so neat to see people share their passion and have an outlet to do so. Again, I don't think it's at all. Look at me. It's like, this stuff is so cool. Let me share this with the world and you inspire people and it just creates a ripple effect from there. So I I think it's something that who cares where it goes, just keep pursuing it. You know?
1: Yeah. That's something that I've, that I've actually battled with my head was the whole, like, what are people thinking like about like initially when i started the page like before i turned it into a business like i'm like man people are gonna think i'm like this oh look at me type of guy like mm-hmm. put my it's like it's not even what it was about like right. it's just like i wanted to share it. like like what you were you know going back to what you're saying it's like you just feel that need to share it
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh and then it, you know kind of grew but that i've kind of battled with that in my head like mm-hmm. you know what people have thought about me you know starting the page and drawing like Mm -hmm. you know but you kind of just have to get get past that like if especially like in my case like i want to turn it into a career you can't really worry about what other people think no for sure and you're going to attract the people that appreciate it uh at the same time i
0: think again you're always going to be your own worst critic that who out there would say what's wrong with this guy he's doing what he's passionate about and sharing it with the world like at that point who cares about that person you know, yeah, exactly. it's easy to say for me from the outside, because I've got the same fear, even with this podcast is like, this feels like something I've wanted to do for a long time. It's so fun. Like I lose sleep at night thinking about coming, doing this. It's seriously unbelievable. I really enjoy just learning about people. So being able to ask you these questions is so cool and it's just been unreal, but for sure, there's an element of like fear of what people will think and, and who is this guy to put that out there what makes it easier for me is it's not about me. Like it's about the person that I'm interviewing, but for sure, I've got that, that exact same fear for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if somebody's going to, yeah, if they're going to wait on your prey, like if they're going to crush your dreams or whatever, like something that you're happy makes you happy doing, then maybe they sh- shouldn't have a part in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you should just kind of just put them aside for sure. But yeah, that would be my thoughts to you
0: and to, or to anybody else listening. Like, Uh, understand that it's normal to have those fears of what will everybody else think. But I think like, put it out there. Yeah. You know, have an outlet. Like you, you think about this stuff all the time. You're engaged in it all the time. It's unique. It might not feel unique to you, but put it out there and let people enjoy it because you, you appreciate when other people share that it's just collectively as a, as a world you grow from it. Oh, for sure. So that's something you did battle with though, hey, some of that concern of what would friends and family and, and, and people that I grew up with think or whatever, hey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I and mean, still I still do, I guess you could say. Like I yeah. still think about it time to time, but for the most part I've kind of like moved past that. Like I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm trying to make something out of this. Like, if you like it, cool. If, you know, that's awesome. But if you don't like it, then just stop following my page. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. No, again, I don't think it's uh I'd be really
0: surprised if you have people thinking that. And again, if they are, that's, that's pretty low because it's uh, it's not about you. It's just sharing with the world. It's it's cool. I don't I, yeah. So I understand the feeling, but from the outside looking at it, it's super easy to say. It's just, yeah, don't let that ever get to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool stuff. <clears throat> A lot of people are, one of the, one of the, thoughts that I've realized with this is in these conversations I've learned and I'm curious what your thoughts are. I'm talking to people who are super inspired and super passionate in doing this and, and and conversing about it and realizing the path that you've gone on. Does it a little bit re-inspire you or make you realize like, holy crap, this is pretty cool what I've been into? Yeah. The
1: fact that I you thought I was interested enough to, <laughs> to come on the podcast for sure. Yeah, Yeah, that definitely like. That definitely re-inspires me, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it, you know, maybe it is bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. Know? Like so, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Well, no, the <clears throat> the reason I ask is I think you can get lost in the day-to-day, the, the busyness, the business side of things that can drain you down, the whatever else that you can sometimes potentially just through life being busy and whatever else, you can lose some of that inspiration. But once you get to look back and look at the journey that you've been on, the where you've come from, what enjoys you, what's the why behind what you're doing? I think that in having those conversations, it forces you to look internally and realize that you've been on a cool road. You've got a lot of uh, a bright future ahead of you and that the stuff is super cool. Kind of like relearns your why. I don't know. I guess that's one side effect that I didn't realize going into this at all. I thought it'd be strictly like, let me learn some cool stuff, but potentially it feels like that there's a, a re inspiration of the people that I'm talking to. Oh, I can see. Yeah, definitely absolutely yeah but so yeah i guess you'll have to do some internal thinking or brainstorming but do you think that you might pursue that route the photography side of things
1: yeah i i think i would i would truly enjoy that but i think i would have to be doing it full time okay to have to be able to even fit it in yeah yeah at this point because other because if I, like if i was to do it right now i've already got the normal day-to-day dad stuff mm-hmm. school outer agenda work and then just normal work in general like my day is is packed i go to bed at midnight and i wake up at like 4 45 in the morning like i don't have time for anything right you know right but hopefully someday you know that is something you know now 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 that you mention it and i'm sitting here thinking about it i'm like man that would be sweet yeah that would definitely be cool right and you know who knows maybe maybe it can lead to a whole another market
0: yeah absolutely the the neat part about it for me is i love just outdoors like the adventure like i'm thinking about you going on trips out west and doing doing this and, and documenting that and having that be part of what you're into is that lets you continue that life and, and continue down that road and, and and justify those trips that potentially you couldn't justify if you weren't pursuing both of those those routes.
1: Oh absolutely. Yeah. You could Yeah, when it's when it's linked to like the drawing, you could justify that very easily. Right. For one, for inspiration. For two
0: for media, media content and yeah, exactly whatever, yeah. And reference photo, like you could there's a whole lot you could get out of a trip like that. Yeah. You know yeah no we need to see so hopefully i i see it happen i'll be following along um any advice i'm I'm curious have you had people reach out to you in that world uh the young kids that are into drawing that might want to turn it into a passion have you have, have you had any of those conversations at all or if you haven't
1: do you have any advice for people that are getting into it no nobody's reached out yet um with questions and you know like that or anything um advice if i was going to give advice to someone that wanted to start doing it is i'd say keep putting the effort in like don't stop like if you feel like okay i'm not good enough if i'm not good enough you know let's say you you make a page and you're putting stuff out there and it's not getting the interaction you thought it would Mm -hmm. don't stop keep going because eventually at some point something's going to click click or whatever and, or something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden you're going to get a huge motivational boost from it. Like yeah, for me, it was when like I was putting stuff out there and you know, it was family and friends and it's great. And, but when other people started to see it, that's when you kind of like, it kind of stems something else in your brain. You're like, Hmm. And then you're like, you kind of expect that in okay. a way. The yeah. more you post, you kind of expect the world to see it. And you sure. kind of want the world to see it. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't like get, like you kind of expect more from it, but then it doesn't happen. And then you kind of lose confidence. And Sure. But then something will happen. Like for me, when fur dog reached out, like that was a huge confidence booster for me. Like, right, you know, just keep pushing, keep grinding. Yeah. That's what I'd say.
0: As you continue to grow, do you think you will do you have like a teacher uh, mentality would it be fun to help other people go down the same path that you're you'll you will you are and will be going down oh i
1: absolutely like if anybody could reach out to me like i'd i'll help anybody like yeah if someone wants advice or even on a technical level like on a program like i use i use adobe illustrator mm-hmm. for for a lot of it and it's like if they have questions on that even a te- you know I'll be gladly help people. Okay. <clears throat> Do you know Owen Karen, Amy? Uh, not on a personal level. Okay. Have you seen his him. drawings? He's a, I, I should, don't think I, should so. I should, I should have you guys.
0: All right. I guess I'm here. I'm talking about telling you to reach out to the Hendrickson's or reach out to this guy, but he's a, a pretty impressive drawer. I bet you, you guys would enjoy, uh, exchanging some stuff. So I should, I should think about that. But, uh, we should close out with, uh, where can people find your stuff outer agenda on instagram is that right yeah just type in
1: outer agenda on uh, instagram and i think it's it's like outer agenda illustrations or outer agenda artwork but if okay. you just put an outer agenda it'll it'll pop up okay. um and then facebook i'm not really too active on facebook but i it is on there okay same thing just outer agenda illustrations or whatever and it'll show up Okay. And if people want to follow
0: for inspiration or just to follow the path or for people reaching out for business, that's a good way to reach out to you.
1: Yeah. Um, actually 99% of my business is through Instagram. Yeah. That's primarily where I get everything from. So that's probably the best way to reach out. Like if anybody listening if you they know if they don't have my phone number or whatever, just hit me up on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Let's close out any favorite drawing stories any favorite drawings that you've done or any favorite uh hound coon hunting stories uh
1: that you'd want to close this out with um not i don't really have any stories i guess okay
0: or even just examples of of draw I'm, i'm picturing like a drawing where you're like you you've reached another level beyond what you initially would have thought that you you could have
1: probably the fur dog stuff okay the initial fur dog stuff just because the pay his page was so big at the time, and I was like, well, you know, wasn't expecting, like, or I didn't know what to expect really. And then he loved it, and whatever, yeah, and that kind of made it good. But actually, no, I, I do have a, I do have a story. I just thought of it. One of the last times we went out, out near me, we we happened to run into a, uh, run into another guy that he had an experienced dog, so we turned we turned our dogs out and outlaw he went off it was like 500 yards and i was watching on the gps and he he started getting over like close to the the public land private land line you know moving off the public land and so i i took off from from the from the other guys i was kind of off by myself i'm like i better go get this dog before he gets too too deep and Mm -hmm. and uh so I started that way I was by myself and I hit a swamp that he had went through and I was like well great this has come fall time so I'm working my way across this this swamp and and uh all I'm wearing at the time I had cowboy boots on instead of you know hip boots and working across the swamp work across the swamp it's getting deeper gets over my boots I'm like well I'm in it now I better just keep going before I lose this dog and all of a sudden the bottom dropped out and I went waist deep Hmm. boots filled with water pants got soaked so I thought I was gonna um get stuck out there and I'm by myself and I'm like 500 yards from the from the group of guys so I ended up having to pull myself out of this swamp and then I still got to go get the dogs and luckily um luckily they were like maybe 50 yards away and just inside the swamp tree but so i i make my way over the dogs i'm freezing them wet well i got this other guy's dog he's that dog's out there my dog's out there my brother's dog's out there and i only got one leash yeah and i'm like well tied up um tied up my brother's dog and i'm keeping my dog on a tree and luckily he, he once he gets on a tree he'll stick to a tree but mm-hmm. thankfully uh, this other guy's dog was out there because um, I can't remember what was going on but there was no other way for the group of guys to know where we were other than this other guy's dog because hmm. I, don't, I don't remember if something was up with my brother's tracking collar on his dog or whatever but either way I'm like man, if, if, if that other dog wasn't out there and that guy wasn't out there, like I'd be stuck in the woods with these dogs freezing cold and one leash trying to get everybody back to the truck. But yeah, that was a, that was kind of a wild night. Yeah.
0: Kind of unpredictable where you end up, Hey, something like that. You're in a deep swamp and up to, I
1: mean, deep meaning you're up to your waist in water. Mm -hmm. Can you get out or whatever? Yeah. It's very unpredictable, but yeah it's that it tends to be where the coons are is where it's wet and swampy but yeah. i didn't i yeah i did not expect to go waist deep that's for sure right especially in the fall i don't know what how cold it was but it was cold enough yeah right. huh
0: yeah a lot of a lot of adventures that you could go on here that you've been on and I, i'm seeing that you could go on hey with that with with the with the hound hunting oh yeah for sure yeah well i appreciate you hopping on there
1: oh yeah
0: yeah uh, this is a good time man yeah it's fun eh mm-hmm Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast where if you listen and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.